me behind the misery It's all for me Been holding on for too long But now I've got nothing to hold on Hello, I'm Joe Collins and welcome to See Me Church. I'm here in our empty sanctuary because I want to remind you that very soon we will meet together again. You know, at See Me Church, our mission is to love God and neighbor one household at a time. We are a group of ordinary people who believe in the extraordinary message of Jesus Christ. So no matter who you are or what your story, I'm glad you're with us this morning. You know, we've been in a series called One-on-One with Jesus. The idea is to take a deeper look at the individual interactions Jesus had with various people. Last week, we examined a one-on-one between Jesus and someone known as the rich young ruler. And we learned that how you view Jesus will determine how you follow him. Today, I want to take another look. I want to take a look at another one-on-one, this time between Jesus and a woman named Martha. As always, the goal is to draw out something relevant to our faith and life today. So I have a question for you. Have you ever had your reputation damaged, or maybe felt mischaracterized by someone. You know, I certainly have, and so has the main character in our one-on-one today. Her name is Martha, and she's the less famous sibling of Mary and Lazarus. Now, while Mary is remembered as the one who chose what is better, and Lazarus is remembered as the one Jesus loved, Martha is most often remembered as the sibling who was worried and upset about all the wrong things. Yet the reality is, Martha is a much more nuanced and complex person than that. So I hope today, as we look at this one-on-one between Jesus and Martha, that we will see for ourselves who she really is and who Jesus saw her as, and not the oversimplified character that history has passed down to us. Turn with me to John chapter 11. Let's pray before we read. Father, I want to thank you for bringing us together this morning. I do pray that very soon we will be together in person and that we will enjoy great fellowship together. Help us at this time to see the beauty in your words and to see Martha who, who she really is and learn what we can learn from the lesson today about her. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. John chapter 11, verses one through six. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village, of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, the sickness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. So we enter the story and Jesus is in Perea. This is an area just east of the Jordan River, not far from the region of Galilee and the town and the city of Jerusalem. This is the same area where John the Baptist did his baptizing and Jesus was anointed as a rabbi. Now Jesus is there because he's in hiding. Because earlier, a few days earlier, while visiting Jerusalem during uh, Hanukkah, Jesus got into a fight with some Jews at the temple, and now they wanted to kill him. So he, so he fled to Perea to lay low for a while. Now while there, he received word from Mary and Martha that their brother Lazarus, whom he loved, was sick. In reply, Jesus said that the sickness would not end in his death, but rather in God's glory. 
Now John, the author of the gospel, adds in verses 5 through 7 that Jesus loved the two sisters and their brother. But curiously, he decided to stay in Perea two additional days instead of immediately coming to their aid. Now some have suggested that Jesus purposely wanted, waited the two days because he wanted Lazarus to die and be buried so that he could later come and resurrect him as he did. But I don't think that's the case. I think there's rather, I think there's a more practical reason why Jesus waited the two days. You see, Bethany, where Lazarus and his sisters lived, was no more than two miles outside of the city of Jerusalem. And given the most recent animosity toward Jesus in the city of Jerusalem, I think he extended his stay in Perea to allow more time for tensions to subside. But whatever the case, the delay would prove to be providential. You know, sometimes it's important to wait on God before you rush into a decision. Recently, a friend of mine started a nonprofit that's designed to help churches with similar faith traditions to find common ground. But you know, he started it recently, but the truth is he wanted to start it a long time ago, several years back. But after praying and getting some counsel, he came to the conviction that maybe it was too soon and maybe God had to do some work on the people he was trying to help before they would be ready for such a nonprofit. The truth is, he was right. God needed to work on some of these ministers, including myself, to help bring us together, help us to find connection with each other and common ground with each other before he actually started his nonprofit. And now, his nonprofit is ready to go with ministers like myself already wanting to be a part of the nonprofit and to build bridges between all of our different fellowships. You know, I appreciate that Lazarus' sisters didn't try to pressure Jesus and come right away, but they allowed him to come in his own time because, you know, it's never a good idea to try to put God on the clock. Turn with me to, to John chapter 11, verse 7. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you're going back? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not, will, will not stumble, for they will see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he, he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. So after the two days pass, Jesus announces to his disciples his intentions to return to Judea and Bethany. Now, in verses 8 and 9, the disciples express the same concerns about returning to the vicinity of Jerusalem so soon as we've already talked about. In reply, Jesus simply said, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, and I'm going there to wake him up. Now, they didn't understand what he meant at first, but eventually they figured it out. You know, I want to talk for a minute about the relationship between Jesus, Lazarus, Mary, and especially Martha. Because it's clear from Scripture, from what we've seen so far, that they were friends and that they had been for some time. In fact, the Bible suggests that whenever Jesus visited Jerusalem, he preferred to stay with them in Bethany instead of in the city itself. And considering that Jesus visited Jerusalem three times a year throughout his entire life, the relationship between these four must have been quite deep. Now, Lazarus is probably the most known outside of Scripture. I mean, after all, he was raised from the dead. But, you know, he's only mentioned 
a couple of times in Scripture and only in John, while Mary and Martha are also mentioned in Luke. Now, to get a better idea of the kind of people they were and the relationship and their relationship to Jesus, especially Martha's, I want to turn there next. But before I do, I just want to pause for a minute and appreciate that Jesus had a multiplicity of personal relationships. There were his disciples who he mentored. There were the poor and the sinful who he cared for and ministered to. There was his family who he cared about. And then there was his extended family, people like Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, with whom he had long-standing and deep relationships. You know, one of the things that all these different groups of people had in common was that they all spent extended time with Jesus. Now, if you want to have a deep and fulfilling relationship with Jesus like they did, there's no substitute for spending time with Him. For us, since we can't be with Him in person, that means we need to read the Bible, contemplate on what we learn, and pray. These are all ways in which we too can have a deep and long-standing relationship with Him. That said, let's turn to Luke chapter 10, verse 38. As Jesus and His disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister left me to do the work myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So this is the account that has forever marred Martha's reputation. But I think if we take a closer look, it also reveals that Martha is not just some two-dimensional character mentioned in Scripture only for the purposes of being a bad example. Rather, she's more complex than that. And even with the little information we have, I think we can and should do a better job of understanding who she really was, and hopefully we can repair her reputation beginning with verse 38, which tells us that Martha was a homeowner. Now this suggests that she may have been older than her siblings, and she may have been their primary caretaker as the overall tone of the passage seems to communicate. Now some suggest that she was a woman of means, that she may have inherited her money from her parents. If that's true, then that would make her the executor of the, of the estate and the primary caretaker of her two siblings. But she also may have come into money by marriage. Some think she was even married to Simon the leper. If true, not only then would she have been distracted by all the preparations needed to make dinner in Jesus' honor, but at the same time she was also busy caring for a sick husband, which would explain why she complained to Jesus about Mary and her lack of domestic support. In addition, with Jesus, uh, in, in, lack of support, domestic support, in addition, some believe that in Jesus' day, Bethany was home to an almshouse, a hospital, and even a leper colony. So if, Mary, if, so if Martha really was married to Simon the leper, this would explain why they lived there. Even if none of this is true, most scholars believe that the people who lived in Bethany were Galilean transplants who moved there out of a genuine religious impulse to be nearer to the temple and their God. The truth is we just don't know for sure. But if we read between the lines and we give our imagination some room to breathe, I think we can see that Martha was more than just a busybody with bad judgment, but rather she was a compl complex person who Jesus loved and who loved Jesus just as much as her famous siblings. 
I can relate to Martha. I'm more often than not mischaracterized and sometimes prejudged by people, even people who know me. You know, before I got married, uh, literally the night before my wedding, a friend of mine came to me and he said these words, make sure you don't hurt Lynette. Now, to be honest with you, I had no idea what he was talking about and I was flabbergasted that he thought I would hurt my wife. My point is this, never judge a book by its cover or a person by your first or second impression. And I hope that I've done some good in changing your impression of not only Martha, but of maybe other people who, like Martha, have been mischaracterized. Now, let's turn to John, and we're going to dive further into the one-on-one -on -one between Jesus and Martha. Verse 17. John chapter 11, verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. So Jesus has arrived in Bethany, after four, and, and Lazarus has been dead for four days. In fact, he's already been buried. And who is the very first person to come and greet Jesus? Not Mary, it's Martha. And John says that when she heard he was coming, she went out to greet him. She didn't wait for him to knock on the door. She didn't even stand at the end of her driveway while Jesus spent time trying to park his camel. Rather, she met him on the road leading into the city of Bethany. Now I ask you, who is the one who has chosen better? Verse 21, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again, Martha, will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So upon meeting Jesus uh, at, at, the, at the entrance into the town of Bethany, Martha immediately expresses disappointment that he hadn't come sooner. Now the question is, was she disappointed in Jesus that he came too late to help Lazarus? Or was she just disappointed in the whole situation that her brother had died? Well, based on the conversation that follows, I think the latter is most likely. In verse 22, she actually affirms her conviction that God is with Jesus. And in response, Jesus tells her that Lazarus will rise again. Martha agrees, assuming that Jesus is talking about the afterlife. But then Jesus says some of the most powerful words and meaningful words ever spoken to a human. Verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? You know, if Martha was the disappointment that, is, that she's often characterized as being, do you think Jesus would have wasted these words on her? Of course not. He knew who Martha really was. The faith she had, not only in God, but also in him. Even in the face of loss and disappointment. And so it was to her that he revealed the fullness of who he really was, the resurrection and the life. And then he asked her a very simple but important question. Do you believe this? You know, that's the question I want to ask you this morning. Do you believe Jesus is the resurrection and the life? I hope you do. Because the last breath, the last breath you take on earth will not be the last breath, breath of your life. And how you answer this question will determine the air you breathe in the afterlife. 
And Martha's answer to the question is perhaps the most powerful and meaningful words any human can say to God. Look at verse 27. Yes, Lord, she replied, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. You know, from her lips to Jesus' ears, there are no more precious words than any person can say to him. Then, yes, Lord, I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God who has come into the world. I wonder, have you said these words? If so, have you continued to live by them even in the face of loss, disappointment, or maybe in spite of what others think of you? If you've not said these words, then why not? What's stopping you today from believing in Jesus Christ and declaring your faith in Him? Is it loss? Is it disappointment? Or is it the negative opinion others have had of you? Are those things holding you back? Maybe you can take a page out of Martha's playbook and believe in Jesus in spite of all of those things. You know, I hope today that I've helped you see Martha for who she really was, a complex and faithful woman who Jesus loved and who loved Jesus in return, and not the oversimplified caricature that history has handed down. Thank you. You know, at Simi Church, we believe the Bible is the best source of truth in our world today. In it, we learn that Jesus is Lord, that he lived a sinless life, he died on a cross, and rose to life again. And it is in this belief we do everything. At this time, we're going to take communion. It's a time to remember the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. All you need is some matzah and grape juice. After I say a prayer, there will be a few minutes of music to allow you time to eat the bread and drink the cup in remembrance of Jesus and to meditate on his life, death, burial, and resurrection. Let's pray. Father, it is so amazing to think of the interaction between your son Jesus and Martha and what we can learn from it. That from it, from this simple woman who loved you deeply and who has been marred throughout history with a bad reputation is really much more complex than that and really was a person who loved you deeply and loved your son from the heart. More importantly, she believed in him and who he was. I pray as we take this bread and this cup now, we are reminded that Jesus really is the resurrection and the life, that he lived and died and rose again for our behalf, and that our sins are forgiven because of his sacrifice. Help us to think of these things as we take communion now. Amen.
You know, if for some reason you were not able to take communion, please make sure you do so sometime today. You know, we want Simi Church to be your family's church, your church, your family's church, and your neighbor's church. If you want to know more, connect with the person who told you about us, or feel free to contact me directly. My information is on our website. If you like what we're doing at Simi Church, please consider giving today. We are a member-supported fellowship by people like me. You can give online at simichurch.org or by texting keyword Church to 77977. Also, honor, I want to remind our members, our members to engage your worlds for Christ. You can do this by praying for, investing in, and, invite, and being Jesus to the people you know. And don't forget to invite them to church. You can do so by sharing the link to our website and our social media outlets. And don't forget to tell them to subscribe to our YouTube channel and like us on Instagram and Facebook. Until next Sunday, God bless. Been holding on for too long. 
singing the same, those same songs Putting me behind the misery, it's all for me Been holding on for too long, but now I've got nothing to hold on It all just sounds like... Ooh.